What's up, everybody? Welcome to the BT Podcast. My name is Danny, and I am your host. Uh, I want to say thank you for joining us. Maybe you guys are watching on YouTube, you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, I hope and pray that this conversation is a blessing to you. The goal of the podcast is simply to have conversations centered around different ways and stories of how God is moving in multiple areas of life and ministry. And we pray that this is an encouragement to you and your faith. And so uh, what we want to ask you to do is do us a huge favor. If this conversation blesses you, believe it's going to bless somebody else. And so share it on your social platforms as well. And so for today, we get to have a conversation with some missionaries from Ecuador uh, who are doing amazing work for the gospel there. They're church planters and pastors there. Uh, and so as we get into this conversation, uh, we pray that this is a blessing to you. And so let's jump into this podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the BT Podcast. Uh, today's episode is going to be focused on uh, a big aspect of our church, which is our, our mission statement. Uh, and here at BT, our mission statement uh, is that BT exists uh, to glorify God through living transformed lives uh, with four kind of main pillars. And those pillars are uh, relevant, worship, biblical teaching, uh, global concern, and authentic community. And so for today's episode, uh, we're going to be looking at one of those pillars, which is global concern. Uh, one thing we love doing at BT is we love to celebrate how we uh, partner with other like-minded organizations. Um, and so kind of what that looks like is, is what we do as a church is we partner with uh, gospel-centered either churches, organizations that are doing things uh, in other states and other cities and other parts of the world, which is in the case uh, for our guests today. Uh, and we partner uh, prayerfully, financially, and practically going on mission trips, sending funds, uh, and also coming alongside in prayer. And so uh, at BT, we love to celebrate that we give X amount of dollars to missions, right? It happens at the end of the year. It happens just kind of randomly throughout when we do a designated giving. Uh, and so what we want to try to do is kind of put uh, kind of faces to names of different organizations that we partner with. And so we're going to be using podcasts. We're going to be using videos to share these stories of all these uh, funds that we go ahead and give out to different mission organizations. So today uh, we have very special guests with us, Juan and Tirsa Delgado, who are doing amazing work in Ecuador. And so, man, I'm excited to hear uh, from y'all's story. And so uh, some of you who've been a part of BT for a long time might know Tirsa already uh, because she has a, a back uh, upbringing at BT. And so uh, excited to hear about all this together and so thank you guys for being here say what's up to everybody oh thank you for having us it's great that we have this opportunity to share a little bit of what god is doing there but also be part of of what god is doing here with you guys and amen you know for us it's really exciting to being able to communicate a little bit of of what god is doing there too with with you guys. Come on. Yeah. So for me, I have no idea what y'all are doing. Uh, and so I'm excited to hear these stories and to kind of see what God's doing there. Uh, and prayerfully, uh, that we can, uh, just be a church that, that kind of partners, um, maybe differently or, or, or in a, in a bigger step forward after this meeting, uh, whether that looks like a mission trip or whoever's listening, if you're like, Hey, I want to just go check it out myself. Like we're going to provide yeah. those, uh, Come follow up on. steps for everybody. And so, uh, but first off, kind of before getting into the work that you're doing in Ecuador, I would love to kind of get to know y'all personally a little bit. Uh, um, and so, uh, really quick, uh, take a couple of minutes, uh, and maybe Juan starting with you, just kind of sharing your story. How did you come to know Jesus? Uh, and same question for you, Tirsa, after that. Uh, but also, we'd love to kind of hear how y'all came together in marriage, and want to hear that story a little bit. So, yeah, Juan, how did you come to know Jesus? Sure. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with I'm 39 years old, and many people think 39 I'm, years young. Yeah, yeah, that's good. The perspective is so important <laughs> of how you see that. Yeah, well, people doesn't, don't think he's that old. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's been, it's it's been fine, all my yeah. life, and mm -hmm. um, I'm okay with it. But when I was 17 years old, I I, I got to know the Lord, or God saved me. And I, I was still in high school, and 
and uh, it would just change dramatically mm. my life. And um, you know, I'm I'm Ecuadorian. I'm from Cuenca, Ecuador, where we live now. And um, and uh, over there, to believe something different than a Catholic believes, it's uh, it's really weird. Yeah. And by the time that I got to know the Lord, you know, that was my whole life. That that was everything, and and it still is. But it changed changed my life, mm. you know, in in all the ways. And um, my wife Tirsa and I. We didn't meet until uh, way later, <laughs> way later after that. But um, um, I got to know the Lord through a group of uh, of teenagers that came from a church from uh, Michigan. Oh wow! It was a youth group that went down there, and I wasn't interested in going to church or anything. Yeah, but, tell them uh, why you went, though. I yeah, for sure. It's 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 <laughs> how it was, but it was how God worked. You know, it, yeah. it's that my dad uh, is an architect, and he was hired to help to build the roof of a of a Baptist church okay. there in Cuenca. And I went along with him just to see the girls, to see Come other on. people. You yeah. Know? And I, that was honestly what I went for. <laughs> hey, that's okay. You know, like and, uh, one thing I love talking about uh, is is there's physical attraction before spiritual attraction, right? Like whenever Adam first saw Eve, he was like, "Whoa!" Like, man, that, that's why she's called woman, right? Well, and so yeah, I mean, that's you know, however it happened, it happened. And, right. God and works in, in this crazy ways. group of kids. They just show me God's love now. Now mm. I can understand that, but at that time, I wasn't interested in that. I was like, I want to practice a little bit of English, and I want to meet the and these girls can teach me English. Girls, a little bit. And I, American girls. And <laughs> I spent two weeks with this group. They took me along with them everywhere, and I had just so much fun. But also, I saw the the real meaning of being concerned or being like of care. To others, mm. you know, and they care for me for that, those two weeks, and and um, that was one of the things that happened, you know. But God was using other parts of, of our lives that um, to to bring us to a point to know that uh, that we are sinners, yeah, and uh, and God paid our price in with His Son. Come on, that that's God used many different things, mm. and one of the things He used was that that group. Yeah, that's know? awesome. And, uh, and Tears, what about for you? How did you come to know Jesus? Uh, well, I'm a I'm a pastor's kid, yeah. and um, so I mean, you can joke and say like, "Oh, I was born in the church," but right. I probably was born in the church. Um, but actually, God used Baptist Temple. It was called Baptist Temple at that time. Um, I came to BT in 2002. I was a sophomore in high school, and I came for the youth group, and I became a cell group leader, and I started participating, and really just came to have a personal relationship with the Lord um, through the youth group here mm. at BT back then. Uh, Brian McClure was the youth pastor, and we had such a good group of solid uh, you know, students that were hungry after the Lord. And I think that really gave me foundations to, to be hungry for the Lord even as an adult. Yeah. And so um, I came to know the Lord when I was six in Sunday school, but uh, I developed that personal relationship through the student ministry here mm. at BT back in the early 2000s. Um, and I actually met Juan in Ecuador uh, when I was 16 years old. We were playing basketball. And um, mm. 
Juan is a point guard, but I am a post. So we play different <laughs> positions. We both did play basketball in high school. Um, and he was really fast and agile and he jumped all the time and it was just getting annoying. Was. It was so <laughs> annoying for me. Uh, so I sent my brother who is like six foot two and he could be like a linebacker uh, to kind of rough him up a little bit. That's the day we met. Um, but we didn't get together until I was 24 and Juan had finished seminary and was back in mm. Ecuador already working at the church. Uh, my my father was he had an aneurysm and um, when my dad was in the hospital, Juan was our contact with the church in Cuenca and also our family because my father's Ecuadorian, um, and so that's how we kind of like reconnected. And then Juan Juan was quick. Yeah, by by that time, you know, I was already working in the church. I was already working with families and preparing studies. And for me, it was like just I was studying, and then she came to my mind and. But I couldn't say anything because she lived in a in another country, <laughs> mm. and um, we were pretty far away. But that happened for a while, mm. and then got got kind of used to things. So yeah, my what happened dad with being sick, with yeah. with my but father-in-law? But we now. we reconnected, and then six weeks later we were engaged. And then he proposed. Six weeks. He proposed on Skype. We weren't even together. Wow. He proposed on Skype. She this was ten in years the ago. In Dallas. Yeah. And You're like I'm Blanca. not waiting. Yeah. He was. He wasn't I mean, waiting, yeah. and I was I, like, you need to stop. I had a lot of a lot of time to think about it. You know, <laughs> I was single. I didn't want to marry anybody mm-hmm. that is not a Christian or not involved in the church or not wanting anything with what God had called me to do. And. Um, I thought of her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was you like, know? you need yeah. to calm down. And he was already but, there. But I yeah. wasn't going, so. to, my plan wasn't to just um, see what happens. I, w- I wanted to get married and I wanted to to establish, you mm-hmm. know. That's great. So that was 10 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Did y'all get married in the States or in Ecuador? No, we got married we got in married. Oh, Okay, cool. Yeah. 11 okay. years ago, we got engaged and then 10 years ago, we got married. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So like, let's kind of get into some of the ministry aspects now. So uh, you came to know Jesus and well, also you, for, for Juan, you said you wanted to get uh, just study the Bible more. You just want to study. You want to know who God is. And so you ended up uh, at a local seminary here in South Texas, correct? Yes. yes and so exactly. how did you get to that point? To the to here? Yeah, to RGBI. How did you get to RGBI? Well, what happened was that I got to know the Lord in, when I was 17. Then I was about to graduate uh, high school, and my parents kept pushing me, you know, you have to study something. You keep saying that you want to study the Bible, but you have to do something. You have to have something to back up your mm-hmm. your your life, or if you need to work or something. And I didn't really understand exactly. Right. I didn't know in a full amount of who God is and what how He does and how He provides for us. You know, I didn't know that. But I went and said, "Okay, I'm going to trust that God says that parents take care of their kids." Right. So I I went to the to the university and finished that degree. But during those years of university, just got um, confirmed that I I wanted to study the Bible, mm-hmm. you know, and I was able to share with my teachers, with my classmates, with everybody. I finished the the, the degree that I, I got. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to my parents and said, like, you know, here's the degree. Here's the degree yeah. And I'm very happy with it. Thank you. But I'm going to I'm gonna pursue uh, going to study the Bible because that's that's what I want to do. Nice. And I worked in a in a in a company there for a year, and I saved enough money to pay the tickets to come here. And first semester, and you know that was all the yeah. money that I had. <laughs> yeah. 
So as, as soon as you graduated, you went back to, to Ecuador. Um, and then so now at this point, the plan is like ministry is going to happen. And, and you wanted you had this vision, I guess, to start a church. Is that how that worked? Or how, what was that well, process like? Well, that wouldn't be good. Right. But God is so sovereign that, um, mm. you know, I, I graduated here and I knew that I wanted to go back and, and help over there. So I just I just did that. I went back to Ecuador and and God didn't have anything in the church there for me, like nothing. So I was going to a church, but they didn't have very much of a um, I would say a connection mm-hmm. or anything. So I started studying with my parents, and then then people were coming to our house to study the Bible on, on Tuesdays. Mm. And uh, that's what started, how it started with a small uh, group at yeah. the house, like a Bible study at the house. And families came, kept coming and wanted to meet more regularly. And uh, we met on Sundays and we switched into different houses every Sunday. Wow. And that went for a while until then we decided to rent a place. Okay. We were into plays and we kept meeting, you know, and I was still single and just visiting and meeting with all these families, trying to share with them um, a, a, a clear overview or perspective of who God is and what what He has done. Mm. That's good. Started up from a house network, essentially, that you started leading on Bible studies. And then here's like where I want to kind of go into a little bit. And then you got married. So what were the conversations like when you were like, or maybe it was maybe it was easy or difficult, but then it was like, okay, cool, we're doing ministry in, in Ecuador. Was that kind of an easy transition for you? Because uh, where were you? You were living here. I was in Dallas. In Dallas. And so uh, so what were those conversations like where you're like, all right, well, if, if I marry this man, that ministry life is now going to be in another country. And so uh, mm-hmm. I want to hear about that process for you. Um, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't so much about the other country part. Mm-hmm. I was I've always been really open and interested in serving the Lord, period. Yeah. Um, and because I come from such a in an international background, my father's Ecuadorian, my mother's Canadian, my grandparents were missionaries in Latin America for thirty plus years, you know, it's it's just a hodgepodge. So mm-hmm. I was never really scared about that part. Mm-hmm. I will say if he had been a missionary to Africa, I might have thought about it <laughs> twice. Yeah. But um that part wasn't wasn't the issue. Um I also did know that I wanted to be a pastor's wife. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of reconciling all those things that the Lord had already confirmed in my life in the fact that it was him. Nice. Uh, because um, I didn't know who it was going to be. I didn't know what it was going to look like. And then when the Lord presented it to me, it was reconciling that fact. And then the adventure began. Because for me, all of this has been an adventure. How many kids in their 20s get to move to another country, yeah. like to live and actively be a part of the community in another country mm-hmm. and all the things? I've had to learn a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but God is very gracious. And it, it's been something that we've and, shared. It's and, an adventure that we've done together. And you know, Danny, we, I'm... I speak English, but it's not my first language. Yeah. And um, I grew up in a totally different culture, totally different culture. And we we have different cultures. Yeah. But the only thing that that get us together is is God. Come on. And so that's how it started since the beginning, you know. Yeah. So and, it, it uh, was. I was. It wasn't so much like a hold on. It was like a let's go because it's just something that the Lord had already been preparing me for. So when we started like kind of like getting to know each other, we already had kind of 
uh, uh, where we were going. Yeah. You know, we are going. The same, like the Lord had already prepared in our hearts separately, the same desires and the same vision That's so for good. what our family, yeah. independent of who our spouse would be, what mm-hmm. our family would do. Wow. I love so that. So it was really just kind of like, I mean, the day we got married, I was, it was raining. We're in another country. I, I was like, let's just, let's just get married. It doesn't matter. It's been such a long process yeah. and we were just ready. You God, know, and God ready to that. serve the church. God did and, that because, you know, we kept thinking if we were for us, you know, it would, would never be, we've yeah, never been you, together. How could you even do that? I mean, right. I lived in Dallas. He lived in Ecuador. He literally proposed to me over Skype. <laughs> Skype. I'm not even talking yeah. about like Zoom or right. Facebook Messenger. I said Skype. Okay. Right. So yeah. he proposed to me on Skype. Like that is otherworldly. You can't explain it. It mm. has to be a God thing. Come on. That's good. I love that. And and so you, I, I hear about this ministry now that you're doing there in Ecuador and um, this church kind of started outside of, a, we're in a living room, right? And so you're you're gathering people for Bible study, you're starting home groups, things like that. And then you got to a point where you're like, okay, we're going to, uh, we're going to go and rent this building and we're going to meet more, um, you know, more frequently and those sort of things. Um, what, were there other things kind of during that, what, I guess what we would call now in church planting world, that launch phase uh, that you did for the community to kind of say, all right, so now we're kind of making this like an official church, local church organization. Uh, so we got to go, you know, get people. We got to go tell people about Jesus. We got to go share the gospel. What sort of like things that you do in that kind of phase for getting the church ready? What it really worked was the studies. Okay. Like get to know the, the people and study with them. They got so excited about getting yeah, to know the Lord that there was a word of, a, mouth. A word yeah. of mouth. And I said like, here they are studying the Bible. So come here. Wow. And, and even to this day, that, that's and how, the, it that's how it works. That's how it works. We don't promote that in other than we have now a, a, a Facebook page, mm-hmm. you know, and we share the studies also for, through YouTube. But most of our, or the people that know us, is because they have been part of a Bible study, or they, or are, they know somebody, they know that somebody who has studied, and and um, and they want to study. They want they want to be part of studying and getting to know who God is. Okay, awesome. Uh, I have kind of a a, a weird church question because uh, I understand how the church works in like a Western context. You know, a Sunday morning is a kind of a you're kind of almost cookie cutter service flow where it's like, you're going to come in, you're going to hear some worship songs, you're going to preach, you're going to close the worship song. Is that a similar way that the service flow works for, for you guys, maybe in Ecuador as a whole, but specifically at your church congregation? Well, for us, we, um, we try to focus on that the whole family participates in the service. Mm. So once a month, we invite uh, parents and kids to be together through the whole service mm-hmm. and we celebrate uh, communion with everybody and, uh, and and I say this just to give you an idea that uh, we try to make everybody participate Come on. like even the kids to participate with the olders uh, about what is really happening you know we are studying the Bible and okay if you want to the kids you know they're playing around but they're listening mm-hmm. <laughs> and um in the church service, like on Sundays, we start uh, like 10, 10 a.m. We Ish. sing some songs. Ish. Ish. Yeah, it's true. Ecuadorian time. Ecuadorian yeah. time. So <laughs> we try to like be, we time, try to right? be it's on time. posted at 10. We probably start singing around 10, 10, 10, yeah. 08. Yeah. People come in at 10, 30. It's fine. I mean, yeah. it's, um, and also just for context, it's a 
much smaller scale. Okay. So yes. our church meets in a preschool. Okay. We don't have a church building. Like here you come to the BT building right. and you have your different ministries and activities going on. No, we meet in a preschool It's and the preschool is in a house. So okay. it looks like a house mm-hmm. that is a preschool building. And in the backyard of the preschool, there is like a stage where they do their Christmas program, for example. The church meets on the stage. So you mean outside? Yes. Oh, okay, In cool. context. Okay, Got so it. people have to know where the preschool is, go into the preschool compound and walk to the back where the stage is, where the church is. Got it. So on a Sunday morning, we sing a few songs, have announcements, and then probably a good 40, 45 minutes is yes. studying. Um, and the kids have like the what kids. we call Sunday school They'll go into the preschool building, into a classroom, and have Sunday school there. Cool. And then they come back. And usually after church, mm-hmm. we have some kind of and um, we, like fellowship. So we'll sell chips or we'll sell popcorn and stuff to raise, raise money for raise missions. We raise money for missions. And that's and a way for the body get to fellowship. And sell something for... For, for missions for, for, missions. for, for your church for or missions. for missions outside no, of church? No, the missions that our church does. Got you. Cool. Which Perfect. Yeah. we'll talk about. In a little bit. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah. So, wow, that's cool. Okay, that, that kind of gives me now like a, almost a visual of... Of uh, just the context that you guys are serving in, um, I want to get into like the the little bit. We'll get into like what you just said right now, ministry practices, but uh, kind of culturally, you mentioned that when you came to faith, that anybody who wasn't like a Catholic would be like, "What is this guy doing?" Almost. So, so would you say Catholicism is the biggest religion? Yes, okay. absolutely. In Ecuador, ninety-five percent of the population is considered Catholic. Wow. And uh, and it's just a cultural, it's cultural. thing, right? That was no, my next it's question. Not, not all of them are like they don't even know Catholics. the seven commands, commandments mm-hmm. that the Catholic uh, right. proclaim. You know, but they they are culturally that way, and they believe that way, or they grew up that way. Mm-hmm. But. Um, for example, when I was in high school and I said, you know, I want to study the Bible, they said, oh, so, so you're going to be a priest? Yeah. You, you're, you don't like, uh, women? <laughs> I was like, no, it doesn't, nothing to do like that, like with that. It's just, I want to know God and, and, um, mm. but they have no context of, of where I was going. You right. Know? So... That's it's, interesting. It's yeah. it's different, and and I know that right now there's a lot more churches and evangelicals there, but still most of the people in in Ecuador is considered Catholic. Got it. Okay, cool. Um, all right, let's get into some like ministry practices. So, what are some things that as y'all started seeing more people come in, grow, um, and and also I'd love to kind of hear from you, uh, Tirso, just like things that you. Maybe try doing for the community, or maybe for for women of the community, or for whoever uh, outside of a, or if it was a specific Bible study or something in the community. What what are some things that you guys are, are doing? Okay, uh, so we have Sunday morning service, and um, that includes our, our firm foundations curriculum for our kids. Monday night Juan does men's Bible study. Tuesday night I teach ladies Bible study, and then Wednesday night we have Bible study co-ed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friday Juan does a sermon online. It's always been online. It's called Video Viernes, which is Video Friday. Mm. It's always been online. That's cool. Um, and then we will, before COVID, on the weekends, at least once or twice, uh, once a month or every two months, we do a special series on biblical marriage or, you know, mm. stuff like that on the weekends. Um, I currently am in charge of or serve in the in the women's ministry. So we are studying discipleship, biblical discipleship. It's actually some material that we got from RG. BI, RGBM, um, that my father wrote in the 90s. Um, and it talks about 
first we studied how to study the Bible personally, and then now we're studying about biblical discipleship and what that looks like in the framework of a church and why the church body needs to be discipling people so Mm -hmm. that it can grow and be established and then in turn send missionaries Mm -hmm. to establish other churches as well. Uh, So yes, I do do participate in that way, um, just kind of organizing and overseeing what's going on with the women's ministry. And one of the really important things about that is... um, in Latin America, society itself is matriarchal, so the women are mm. in charge. Um, oh, wow. And that is yeah. different than the biblical model that we see mm-hmm. for what the woman's role is in the home, in the family, in the marriage. Um, and so God has really used that, I think, to kind of give a framework for the women's participation in the church and that now they let the men lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for a while, that might not have been the case. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, no, it's, it's a it's very different than how we started. Mm-hmm. You know, having it's it's nice to see how families are growing in the Lord and and maturing in that because you can see how right. we started and and women want to be in, wanted to be in control of everything and uh, and now that they are they know more of who God is and know mm-hmm. more their role as as women uh, serving the Lord and kind of like. Um, Giving space for their husbands or yeah. men to to grow, you know, it's it's your responsibility. You, <laughs> you yeah, but you that's have a beautiful shift to, to, to <laughs> and see. It, yeah, and good. they are actively learning, actively uh, serving. It's yeah. it's great. It's it's been a, an an awesome um, awesome to see how God has worked in these ladies through what what Tears is doing. Or sharing with them. That's great. Man, y'all mentioned you do something like Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Friday morning. And so, uh, yeah, praying for, for times of rest as y'all are actively, um, you know, one, you're, you're living on mission for the gospel, uh, which I guess leads me to another question. Do y'all like work outside of the church? Yes. Yes. Sometimes okay. we do. You know, the, the main um, offering that we have is from the church there. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes the church doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. So, um, there have been times that with I've been teaching English or teach it. Tisa has yeah, been teaching Yeah, I mean, English. I would call them like side hustles. Side right. hustles. Uh, so um, I'll teach English to kids in the community. Juan bakes bread and yeah, sells bread, like bake. a little bakery that we have out of our kitchen. Yeah. Um, just things that the Lord has provided, I think, mainly for us to meet people mm. in Cuenca, you know, yeah. because they see me and they think English and, right. you know, yeah, I got your back. <laughs> uh, but I can also give you something extra, which is hope in the Come Lord, on. you know, because they're like, what are you doing here? Yeah. Um, well, my husband's a pastor and we serve at a church. And what is it? What is a church? You know, because like Quan mentioned, it's all just uh, the framework of religion that they have is based on the Catholic church. So like a, a pastor, what's a pastor? What does your church do? Um, you know, the Lord uses that for us to meet new people. That's great. And then um, this is probably another story for another podcast. But when the church closed because of COVID, mm-hmm. I mean, we had no offering. But we still had bills just like everyone else. And Cuenca was extremely restricted during mm-hmm. that time. And um, we made bread. Yeah, we were we able made bread to and leave sold the bread. house once a week with the car. Yeah, you can only You're, take your car out one time a week. One time a week. Okay. And you had a lockdown from 2, in, 2 p.m. to 5 a.m. Wow. So you couldn't leave your house. So Juan, we would make, we'd get up at like 2, 3 in the morning, make bread. And Juan would leave on his bicycle and ride all over Cuenca and deliver bread. And that's how we wow. paid the bills. So that's we great. do have <laughs> side hustles no, outside it, of the and, ministry. And God worked incredible. Yeah. yeah. It's, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, uh, somebody else wanted to sell our bread. And it was just yeah. God used all of that to support us and... Yeah, I, yeah. I wish we had more time to get into the <laughs> pandemic lifestyle, but yeah. uh, prayerfully, you guys are 
you know, and and outside of that season. Um, so, what I want to ask, well, first off, one question: How big is Cuenca? Like population? That's a good question. Yeah, yeah. it's about six hundred thousand. Wow. Uh, you know, habitants in, okay. in the city, and it's yeah. the third largest city of Ecuador. That's cool. I love that. And yes. also the third one in importance. And it's pretty high up in the mountains. It's in, let me see, in feet will be around 8,000 feet high. Mm. And um, surrounded by mountains. It's a little valley. Sounds gorgeous. It is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> There's four rivers that go across the, ci- the city. And uh, um, many places to, to exercise and to... Uh, you know, go outside. Mm-hmm. It's it's beautiful. The That's great. I love that. I, I, I want to talk about two kind of key things uh, before we close off for today. Uh, one, I love looking at um, just the Apostle Paul in Philippians and, and you read the, how much joy he has for the people of the Philippian church. Um, and you can read about them in Acts chapter 16, you know, Lydia, the slave girl, the Philippian jailer. And he says, you know, I pray with you just in, in joy. And, and I love that when you look at the Apostle Paul, he kind of like, I'll take anybody. Let's plant a church, right? Um, when I think about like church planting strategy now, I'm like, my starting five is like someone who can preach, someone who can lead worship, someone who loves money. And someone who can, uh, you know, handle kids, and then someone who's like an evangelist, and 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 I love looking at Paul. He's like, all right, you know Jesus, and you love Jesus, come and serve. Uh, and the reason I bring all that up is this: is I love to hear, like, are there any like key people in your church that just like that God has kind of raised up and brought up, and you're like, man, like this is a God sent person that kind of helped us kind of get where we are. Yes, yes, for sure. I think. Um I see some of the the people that we work with as families mm-hmm. that are key families that that um, they have become uh, very very good uh, support for us and also for others mm. and they are excited about getting to know the Lord. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think so. I think they are families. Yeah. That- so the reason we meet in a preschool is because the family that owns the preschool goes to our church come on yeah. so they've given us that space on sunday mornings and then and um for example um when we talk about missions a little bit we say that we we collect money for going to missions we go to visit a group of in, indigenous group in ecuador called quichuas that they represent about um, two and a half million people that um, they they receive the gospel about 70 or 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. But um, we meet with 70 pastors of this mm-hmm. group of people every month. And the church goes along with that. And some families have just, hey, I'm going to drive for you um, so you can teach over there. I'll drive. I'll take you over there and and so you can rest and you can teach. And yeah. that's, wow. that's some of the men that's or cool. some of the families that have been part of it. You know, mm-hmm. and that's for me a great opportunity to share with them and to grow together, and to them let them see also what God is doing other in other parts of the of the country. Mm-hmm. So I love that. It's it's great. Yeah, and and I just think about that. I know that for you, you probably have people that just like when you think about your church, those people come to mind that just give you so much joy and kind of that just that it, that desire and endurance to keep doing what you're doing. Um, kind of on the opposite of that. Um, what have been, like, kind of put us in, in, in your shoes a little bit. Well, what have been some of the uh, difficult moments uh, throughout just this entire church plant uh, kind of gospel living um, 
reality there in Ecuador for you guys? Well, there's many, right. many difficult times that we have um, gone through, but you know, they, we don't really see it as 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 too hard or too difficult because God was always there. Mm. You know, um, one of our our firstborn uh, died <laughs> mm. uh, when uh, in two thousand fourteen was it. Mm. And the church was there to help us too. And uh, these families that are now there have been very close to us mm. to to help us keep going. Um, well, and what I think one interesting thing for anybody in ministry that's listening or um, has gone through hard times is joy comes in the morning. Yeah, so yes. our son passed away. It was very, very difficult. It's something that you know nobody expects to go through, but we went through it. And because of that... We had people come, mm-hmm. you know, people that heard about him dying and our reaction and the fact that we were still serving the Lord and that we were still doing ministry. They're like, this can't be real. Like, I have right. to see it for myself. And because of that, they came to our church wow. or because of that, that, they uh, had an interest in the Lord. Like, they're crazy. Yeah. How can they be standing? I mean, it is kind of mm-hmm. crazy. He died in December and in January, I started working in a preschool with babies mm. and people were like, she's crazy. She should be in bed with a blanket over her head. Right. What is she doing? You know, and that's that's how God shows Himself to these people. It's yeah. otherworldly. It's supernatural. Um, so there are hard things that mm-hmm. we go through, mm-hmm. not having income during mm-hmm. the pandemic. But then we were able to sell bread. Uh, we were robbed last year, and they and took they what we the had. We collected from, from the, the bread. bread. <laughs> they <laughs> took what we had, but God you provided everything. You shared this really else. amazing story of waking up early, sharing bread, and then you said they get something robbed. It? Yes, but, we but, started. Well, this is like I said. This is another story for another but time. You need to but keep listening because yeah. um, there's more. <laughs> but God uses those hard times, you know, and so. Just as we see in the scripture, you know, Paul faced hard times too. But when we see these things, God is preparing a way for something big. You know, it says in Hosea Mm -hmm. that like he draws us to him and he kind of hedges us in so that he can show him, show Mm -hmm. himself, not only to us personally, but to other people. And I think because of what we do, Juan is a pastor and we are public figures in a sense. Mm -hmm. What he does is so it can be made public that he is good. That he is glorious, that he is faithful, mm-hmm. you know, that what he says in his word will come to be. Mm-hmm. And everything from mm-hmm. how we got together to our daily lives is so that he will be made known. Mm. I love that. Come on. That's good. Um, all right. So I want to I want to close off with two things. One, uh, what are specific ways that anybody listening uh, can pray uh, or specific things we can pray about, whether it's hey, I met this person, they don't know Jesus, I would love to know Jesus, or just uh, just in general, um, a specific story that, that somebody can, can pray over. Uh, and two, uh, for anybody listening in, so if, if you're part of BT and you tie to BT Church, that's uh, a, por- a portion that goes to your organization already. But if somebody is like, hey, I want to go above and beyond and I want to give uh, personally, uh, what are ways that people can connect with you, uh, whether it's through social media or ways they can give to your organization uh, in, a, in a personal partnership? Well, yeah, for prayer, I would say pray for our church this next year in 2022. We're really going to be... Can you um, say the name of your church? IGV Cuenca. IGV Cuenca. Iglesia, Gracia y Verdad Cuenca. Um, in 2022, we're going to be really studying and kind of honing in on establishing the church, cool. a biblical model for establishing the church, because in Latin America, that's something you see very little of, is a church established in mm-hmm. the word based on what the Bible outlines for 
a biblical church. So really pray for that, that the people would be hungry, that their hearts would be open, Mm -hmm. that we would have opportunities to share and highlight the importance of the local church. And, um, and for us, as we prepare for for us too, you know, we, we are, we have two, uh, kids, uh, one three-year-old, her name is Talula and, uh, uh, eight month old girl, Mm. her name is Sadie and they are growing, you know, and we have no idea what to do, (laughs) (laughs) but we know that God is faithful. We know what the Bible says about discipline in, in love and, we want them to get to know the Lord, and and as the same as us, not knowing exactly what to do, but doing it by faith, we want to share that with other families that are going through the same, mm-hmm. because we have families that they they have no idea what to do with their kids, uh, but it's a way great way for us to depend on Him, mm-hmm. and um, and that's one example of many others that we have no idea what yeah. to do, but. We just have to trust the Lord. Yeah, and and so, I mean, it boils down to if there's something that you and your family are going through, chances are we're going through yeah. the same thing, just yeah. maybe in a different city. So mm-hmm. pray for the same. Pray Love for that. us the same. So praying for the church and praying for you guys, uh, for uh, Tallulah and Sadie, yes. right, for your kids. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so follow up with that, like what are ways that people can connect with you guys, uh, whether that's a social media page sure. or, or people can give to your organization? Sure, well, um, first thing, um, you can connect through us through through BT. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have um, our you know a church page on Facebook, Instagram e- and YouTube. Instagram and YouTube, all three are called EGB or I. Uh, v as a picture and mm-hmm. C as uh, IGV. IGV. <laughs> I G as in God. V as in victory. Cuenca. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. And, and yeah, for, for YouTube and stuff, we'll, when we post this video, you can put you it can link, in the link. You can link the and on Instagram as well and on yeah. Facebook. So you yeah, can you them. can reach out to us that way. But also BT has all of our contact information mm-hmm. um, yeah. and for support and stuff as well. You can just go directly through BT. And you know, we are every time we come here, we are happy to meet and happy yeah. to to share a little bit with the church this last um, Sunday we had the opportunity to be in one of the Sunday school classes and mm-hmm. it was it was a great opportunity to let them know what God is doing too come on so. amen okay, well I appreciate y'all's time uh, thanks for sharing the stories and just kind of what God's doing there and a phrase that we love to say here at BT is God has big plans for you and we are believing that God has big plans for uh, for Cuenca uh, and for your church and for your family and uh for me, I, I get motivated by stories, and so I love hearing um, just the faithfulness that you have uh, to kind of walk through everything that you're walking through, um, and to see that God is in all this, uh, and to really see life change. So we're praying for salvations, and we're praying for church growth, uh, and and really the the health of the spiritual health of the church as well. And so, uh, for Juan Tirsa, thank you all for joining us. Thank at you. The BT thank Podcast. you, Danny. Thank, thank you. you.